in 2 Timothy. Let's pray. Dearly Father, God, we do thank you once again for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, I thank you for these young people, Lord, being here. Lord, I ask you to continue to give them a good spring break. But Lord, as we just spend a couple minutes, Lord, focus on your word, I ask that you please still our hearts. And then God, use your word to speak into us. Lord, I need your help tonight. So Lord, if you'll help me, we'll give down the word for everything that's done in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so 2 Timothy chapter number 4 is where we'll go. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5, but tonight we're going to look at verse 1, I mean verse 5, and verse 1 through 5, 1 through 4, I looked at last week. So I'm going to read through them, and then I'll ask you a question or two. So let's do this. 2 Timothy 4, verse number 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affection, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Quick question from last week. We talked about being able to, we talked about preach the word. And we talked about there's a reason you got to be instant in season. You got to be ready as a man of God. Let me ask you this: What is it when it says that God is going to judge the quick and the dead? What are, who are the quick? The living. Thank you, Cody. And we go to verse number four. It says, "They shall turn away." I mean, verse number three: For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Why? What is the significance of teachers having itching ears? I need to scratch it. I was hoping for something eloquent come out of your mouth, but I was not surprised. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but they go for what appeals to them. What does the word itching mean? To tickle. I was waiting for Andy to tell me that it didn't mean tickle because I meant to go back and tell you I was going to show you the source. Yes, in your dictionary it was not. So I meant to get with you with that. So, but as we go to verse number five, in light of all these things, so. I don't want to take it out of the context of the We go to verse number five. Paul tells Timothy this. Knowing that people are going to be going for the truth. Remember last week I told, told you about this. How we have a generation that instead of searching for truth, we look for people that say what we want to hear. I told you the illustration about the doctor. And I said you wouldn't go to a doctor that just told you what you wanted to hear. You go to the doctor, you have a heart problem, and he just said, and he says, no, nah, you're good, and you walk out and have a heart attack and die. He would not be considered a good doctor, but for some reason we consider that good when it comes to sharing the truth. And Paul says, in light of those things, Timothy, in light of those things that there's many people that are going to want to bring to themselves teachers that believe what they believe and do what they want to do, this is the four things that I want to do. And tonight... If you'll give me just a few minutes, I want to give you the best four things I think you can apply to your life right now. And when I read through it, and I see what Paul's telling Timothy, these are Paul's last words. We're in first Timothy chapter, I mean, second Timothy chapter number four. Paul, next week we're going to talk about his last, like his last famous sentences. I fought a good fight, I've kept the faith. But this is his last little advice to Timothy. I got four things, man, we're going to fit them into one verse that you need to take in your life. So what are those four things? What is Paul's wise advice for Timothy? Number one, in Second Timothy four five, but watch down all things, endure affliction, do the work of evangelists, make full proof of thy ministry. Number one is stay alert. He tells Timothy to stay alert. But watch thou in all things. The word watch means to keep sober. Keep sober. When we look at things like 
drunk driving. Why is drunk driving a big deal other than alcohol in itself? But outside drunk driving, why would it be a big deal for you to drink and drive, Adam? You harm a life. You harm a life, why? Because it does what? What does alcohol do to you? It influences you? What did you say, Naomi? It takes over. It inhibits you from being able to do what you want. I mean, what you need to do. It doesn't, it takes your faculties away. And here's what Paul tells Timothy. Number one, he says, I want you to watch in all things. I want you to be sober. Well, we had the all-nighter here at church, and we were playing the hide-and-seek game. It was funny to watch, and you guys watched for every single thing. If you could, if you, when I would lay down the floor to get to scare you guys, and I got good ones, but as I watched you guys, you would walk through the darkness, and you, you would be feeling for everything. Every time you walked around the corner... You would like throw your arm around there, feel around, and then you come around. And some of you were even smarter than that. You just stayed with an adult and just held their hand. And you're like, I'm going with you. And you're like, you're 18 years old and still holding somebody's hand to go through the dark. But, but when we looked at it, when you were playing that game, you watched and everything because you didn't want to be scared. You didn't want to be the one you laughed at. I know me and Brandon were joking the other day of when uh, I got Brandon and Brandon, I was standing behind the door and Brandon came and stood right beside me because he didn't know I was there. And I just turned around like, all right, he took off running. That was, that made, that made my night. <laughs> but when that, when it came to that, you watched. And so this is what Paul's telling Timothy. I got four pieces of advice for you. Number one, stay alert. You have to be sober. Can I tell you young people, in your life, this advice from Paul is probably the best thing you'll get. You should not walk through your life afraid of everything that comes up. I hope you don't. But you do have to watch. You have to watch carefully. And this is Paul's telling Timothy's last words. And I'm telling you that usually if you're going to tell somebody the last things, you're not going to waste the last, the last words if you're going to tell someone. And Paul's saying, hey, I want you to stay alert, watch in all things. Fill in the blank here. It says, knowing the times, I must watch everything that enters my life so that I am not led astray by error. Remember the context of last week? Well, let me make sure you get the point. Knowing the times, I must watch everything that enters my life so that I am not led astray by error. We look at last week where we start to get people that believe and teach what we want them to teach. They want, we want people to tell us what we want to do. Hey, that music's fine. You listen to that. You do that. And I gave you guys the illustration of Pastor... Um, I showed my wife the videos that I was talking about the other week where the pastor drove out in the um, Rolls Royce and sat there. And the other illustrations that I gave you guys of people that just have whatever. They just bring people in and call it church, but they say and do whatever they want. He says, in light of that, Timothy, you have to be alert. Can I remind you, we talked about the Centina Tech, and I'll remind you multiple times... The world and the flesh and the devil desire to destroy you. And so if you're not alert, if you're not sober, they will get you. And I know that as right now, even as we sit here and some of you suck on your suckers and look at me with these blank looks. <laughs> as we're looking through this passage, Paul is telling Timothy, you've got to be alert. And can I tell you guys, the Bible says a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. There are many things right now in your life that the devil desires to destroy you. He's, he's ready to roll that children's horse into your life. If you are not alert, if you are not diligent, you will let it. Can I tell you, every time you pick up a movie to watch, can I just tell you to be alert? 
Just go ahead and go into the mindset. Just like you would walk through the hallway, find a field to make sure someone's not there. Go ahead and pick it up and say, what is it in this movie from Hollywood that the devil will be trying to get in my life? Because you've got to be alert. Now, does that mean you can't watch a movie? No. It just means i got to be alert all the time. Hey, when I turn on the radio, what is it that the devil's trying to implant in my life? Be alert. Because, see, what happens is, especially with young people, especially... We see everything and it's so great. Hey, let's we talked about last week. This is fun. This is exciting. If you're not alert, Paul tells Timothy, you've got to be alert. Watch thou in all things. Everything that comes in your life, Timothy, you've got to watch. Because see, Timothy, there's gonna be people in there that are gonna be sneaking error in. I mean it's the fleetest. Remember, we talked about them in St. Timothy chapter number three. Hey, the resurrection hasn't happened. And over through the faith of some, oh, is that right? I've, I've been reading the Bible all that time, and I thought this was right, and it's wrong. He says, watch thou in all things. So number one, be alert. Number two, suffer affliction. Suffer affliction. It says it's endure affliction. The endure afflictions means this, to undergo hardship, to suffer trouble. Endure afflictions means undergo hardship, suffer trouble. Can I say, in our version of Christianity today, this is probably one of the least preached things that we talk about, is that God requires, God asks us. If you write down this verse and look it up later, write down this passage, and write, it's 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16, write it somewhere and go read it later. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16. When we look at our lives, God asked us to suffer affliction. He says, endure affliction. You look at the Apostle Paul, we talked about when we went through his life story earlier in the book. The Apostle Paul got stoned for preaching the gospel. Now, we're not talking about throwing pebbles at somebody in the playground. We're talking about they picked up real rocks in the intent to kill him. And the Bible says that Paul gets up. When the people come to get him, he gets up. He goes to another city and says, I have to go back there and preach the gospel. Can I ask you this? If you right now know, knew, God's plan for your life and what he wanted to take you through, would does affliction stop you? If you knew that one day, I think about this right now, Matt Herbster, if you know anything about the wilds, you know that he's a young guy. He's like 40-something. I think he just turned 40. His wife just died of cancer. He has five kids. Now, I can tell you that the man loves the Lord. I've played basketball with him. I've talked with him on occasion. I don't know him well, but from the interaction I've had with him, he, he seems like a guy that loves the Lord. Can I ask you if you knew affliction was going to be in your life, would it stop you from serving God? I, I went to his Facebook page today, and it had nothing to do with it. I just, somebody liked something, and it appeared on my phone, so I, I had read through it. And he was taking pictures of him and his kids and just talking about how good God was. Now, when we look at affliction... Look at a health problem. Look at my family may not be where I want it to be. Looking at, you know what, I may not get to do all the things in life that I want to. Does that stop you from serving God? Paul says, Timothy, i got four things to tell you. One, you got to stay alert. you got to look for everything. And secondly, you're just going to have to endure affliction. You're going to have to go through some things that are going to be tough, but you have to lean on God. It's almost like Naaman. Some of us would go through affliction if it meant that we got fame, if we got something. 
oh man, I'd go to a friction if it meant that someone would write a book about me in my life if somebody made a movie. I'd go to a friction if it meant that I could be a better sports I'd be a better athlete. Because you know what? I'll I'll put myself through affliction. But when it comes to serving God, somewhere we miss the affliction. So he says, number one, I want you to stay alert. Number two, you gotta learn to endure affliction. The things that come to your life, you have to learn to deal with them. And then number three. Oh, sorry, I forgot a point. Knowing the times I'm just willing to experience struggles and troubles in my life so that God will be glorified in me. I'm just willing to experience struggles and troubles in my life so that God will be glorified in me. And then number three, he says, share the answer. Do the work of an evangelist. Share the answer. Do the work of an evangelist. The evangelist is a preacher of the gospel. He says this, knowing the time, I must spread the good news of Jesus Christ. It's funny that if I went and ask your, let's say your mom or your dad, or you're probably mostly your mom. And I said, is this happens a lot sometimes if I'm walking to church and I like, because I'm messy or something, I get a stain on my shirt, I will walk past 15 women and all 15 of them have a good way to get this stain out of my shirt. <laughs> and all of them tell me, they'll say, hey, I have this thing that, and they want to tell me why, because it's, it's good to them. They, they, they want to help me. So if I walk through the hallway, it's like, hey, Oh, let me tell you, I've got this. And they'll tell me, and I'll go to the next one. I go, well, thank you, thank you. Oh, Pastor Bruce, let me tell you, you need to. It's, you know, the other day, uh, when I, well, not the other day, when I first got my um, iPad, the one thing over the floor, I remember I had waited. I'm not even going to tell you all the other carnal things that I did. But I went to Best Buy, and I, I remember standing in line, like, to get my iPad, because I'd already ordered and had it sent to the wrong house. And so I couldn't wait, so I just went to Best Buy, and was like, I'll just send the other one back when I get it. And so I was standing in line, and I remember standing in line, going to buy my iPad, and I remember there was a lady behind me. And she was asking the Best Buy person about some Android tablet. And I'm like, it is the day the iPad has just been released. What are you looking at? IPad? I'm thinking in my mind the whole time. And she's like, well, I'm looking for something that does this and this and this and this. And the Best Buy guy's like, well, this is what it is. This is the best thing for it. And I'm like, no, no. Give me an iPad. It's way better than this cheaper. And she's just going through and the Best Buy guy's like, yeah, this is exactly what you need. I didn't turn around. But everything in me wanted to just turn around and be like, well, would you shut up and just get this lady out here. Jump along with me. You can take my spot. You need an iPad. Why? Because when there's something we're excited about, we like to show you. There's some of you guys who, during uh, March Madness, every time you came to me, hey, Pastor Bird, yeah, you see, you see, you see my bracket. Yeah, I'm doing good. And some of you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Why? Because it's something that's exciting to you. See, Paul says this. I use four things I want you to do. Number one, I want you to stay alert. Secondly, I want you to do reflection. And third thing, I want you to spread. The answer, can I tell you guys this? If you can get excited, and I'm not saying you guys do this necessarily, but if someone can get excited about a stain on a shirt and how to get it out, if I can get excited about an iPad, because this lady behind me doesn't need an Android tablet, she needs an iPad. If we can get excited about March Madness, can I tell you that there's a lost and dying world that does not know Jesus Christ? And Paul says this, I want you to do the work of evangelist. 
See, if, and certain companies, they have marketing people, sometimes they refer to them as an evangelist. He's a Microsoft evangelist. He's a so-and-so evangelist. Why? Because they want to tell everyone how good their product is. Can I ask you this? When was the last time? I'm not talking about necessarily just going knocking on doors. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about just in life. You told somebody how good it was to be a Christian. Let me tell you, man, how good it was. I got prayer answered. Man, let me tell you how good God is in my life. Paul says, I want you to do the work of an evangelist. Hey, I've got something for you. You hear someone in the in having problems? Somebody stand at the locker. Man, life is tough right now. All these things get Hey, hey, I have an answer for that. It's Jesus. He can take care of your problem, but we don't. We get so excited about everything else. Well, let me tell you about what this you should do. Let me tell you how you should handle this. Paul says, Timothy, hey, you need to do the work of an evangelist. You need to be constantly proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. When you look at the resurrection as we just celebrated Easter, you know how exciting it is, the resurrection, to know that Peter and John ran to a tomb that was empty, and they were looking at the tomb and the empty, and Jesus Christ is not there. Hey, do the work of an evangelist. Tell the good news. So number one, stay alert. Number two, endure afflictions. Number three, do the rest of the Number four, and we're done. As the serve to accomplish. He says this, make full proof of thy ministry. Serve to accomplish. The full, what does full proof mean? To carry out fully. Entirely accomplish. And this is going to occur next week when we talk about Paul running the Fighting the fight. But foolproof means to carry out fully, entirely accomplish. The word ministry is service. So pretty much what Paul's saying is, is accomplish something. Carry out something fully in the service that God's put you in. Now I know that probably as a teenager, it is not even, and I don't even quite grasp it even as partially an adult about what God has for me and what God wants me to do. But can I say this? That God desires you to accomplish something in your life? And let me ask you, what are you doing to accomplish it? Paul tells Timothy, hey, you serve the ministry. God has given you a ministry. Now let me ask you, what ministry, what service has God put you in and desires you to accomplish something? Because he has. Whether it's you, you accomplishing something through, maybe you have musical talents, maybe you have speaking abilities, maybe you have, God's given everybody a talent. And Paul's telling Timothy, hey, I want you to serve and accomplish something. What do you look for to complete in your life? Now, this is, I know that right now, it's spring break, we're not thinking about school, we've got other things going on, but let me ask you, stop and think right now. For your life, what do you think God would have you accomplish, and are you accomplishing it? I look at my life. I believe what God would have me to accomplish as a job of youth pastor, to love you guys, to pray for you guys, to try and help you guys the best I can, to serve under Pastor Ferguson in any way that I can. You know what I had to do in my life under the Regis passage? He says, hey, I want you to accomplish something, complete something. And next week we're going to look at it a little more deep, a little deeper, but I want you to get you thinking about it right now. The Apostle Paul said at the end of his life, and he says, like, very few. I even searched my Bible to see how many people in their life, in the Bible, said they accomplished what God put them on earth to do. And I can tell you, 
There was probably two or three that said they had finished what God had called them to do in their life. God's called you to do something. He's called you to put a, something on each and every one. He put you on earth for a reason. Let me ask you, what are you doing to accomplish? Oh, I don't got time to read my Bible. Hey, accomplish something. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to be. I'm not trying to be that spiritual. God's put you on earth for a reason. He put me on earth for a reason. Whether it is to be a father to that little girl right there. Whether it is to be a husband to my wife. God has put me on earth for a reason and I have to accomplish something. But see, in our world, we don't live with any kind of purpose. Oh, well, I guess I'll do this today. I guess I'll do this tomorrow. Let me ask you, in the whole scope of your life, what does God desire to accomplish? And you probably know what God wants you to accomplish in your life. You probably know what God has already put, the talents and abilities he put in your life, the people he's put in your life, to accomplish something for him. Let me ask you, are you accomplishing anything? What are you going to try and finish? What is it at the end of your life you want to look back and say, you know what? I fought a good fight. I finished my course. You know what? Honestly, for me, one of those things is, just like I said, my daughter and my son. I get up, sometimes I look at my daughter, and my son, if they're sleeping, I look at them and I'm like, God has put the responsibility in my life for those two kids. And you know what? I want to. My goal is that one day when she walks down the aisle someday and marries a man, and Tavia walks down the aisle and marries a, a woman someday, well, he doesn't want to die. He stands there and waits for her to come. But as he does that, that one day, I hope, that I can say, you know what? I accomplished what God had put in my life to do. And you know what, guys? It starts now. You don't just wake up one day and start saying, you know what? I guess I should start caring about that right now. The things that God puts in your life right now, He wants you to develop them. That's why you've got to pay attention in school. School's dumb. I understand. But God has something He desires for you to accomplish. This is why you obey your parents, because God has put people in your life to help you accomplish something. Let me ask you, what are you trying to accomplish? So Paul says, hey, the last four things of advice, Timothy, I'm going to give you before I tell you my heart and what I've done, Timothy, is this, I want you to stay alert. Look around, Timothy. There is error everywhere. And if you're not careful, the devil will have you so backwards, you don't even know which way is in front. Stay alert. He says, he goes on, and the second thing, he says, be willing to suffer affliction. Hey, Timothy. As he said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, endure hardness as a good soldier. Well, serving the Lord's not going to work out because it's kind of hard. Paul says, you're talking to who? The guy who floated on a log for multiple days, got stoned, bit by a serpent, uh, beaten, and decided after he got beaten at midnight to sing, hey, Timothy, endure hardness, endure affliction. And he says in number 3, to share the answer. Hey, do the work of an evangelist. Hey, you've got the good news of Jesus Christ. And I, just like I said, I am not talking about getting up in Walmart and yelling. Out, hey, I know the way of Jesus Christ. I'm just talking about your friends. If you know that do not know Jesus Christ, do the work of an evangelist. Hey, I can tell you that the Lord did something in my life. And he can help you too. And then number four, serve to accomplish. Hey, Timothy, make foolproof of thy ministry. Let me fill in that blank. Thank you, Adam. Knowing the times, I must strive to completely carry out the ministry God has entrusted to me. Knowing the times, 
I must strive to completely carry out the ministry God has entrusted to me. So those are your four things. Hope they help to you. I'm looking forward. I did love this week's, but I am looking forward next week to talk about Paul's fighting the good fight and finishing this course. But we'll handle that next week. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, once again, we thank you for your word. And God, I ask you to help us. Lord, to take these four little keys that Paul gives us. Lord, to apply them to her life. God, I, I pray, Lord, that we would be a youth group comprised of young people, Lord, that accomplish something for you. God, the desire to do something in their lives. God, help us to stay alert, Lord, to look at the things that the world has for us, and Lord, not get caught up in the air. And Lord, as we look to do all these things, God, we need your help. So, Lord, we ask that you please lead us and direct us. We love you, and once again, as you be with the rest of the night, give us safe to travel home. We thank you for all in Jesus' name. Amen.